Hello and welcome to the Motivation for Regular People podcast. People tend to think about motivation as something that some people have and others don't. The truth is that we all have the same amount of motivation because motivation plays a role in every decision that we make and every action we take. This means that you already have all the motivation you need to accomplish your goals. The only thing standing in your way is a deeper awareness of how motivation actually works and what truly motivates you. I hope this podcast helps you discover and utilize the motivation you've always had inside you. Now, let's get started. Hey there, welcome to the Motivation for Regular People podcast. My name is Brady Ross, and today we're going to continue our It's Up to You series by talking about how we can always control our responses. I often think about this quote from Pastor Chuck Swindoll, life is 10% what happens to you and 90% how you respond. This is so critical because when we think about our responses, we are acknowledging that what we choose to do matters more than what happens to us as a result of events beyond our control. As a reminder, this is really the backbone of this entire series. We can't control everything in life, but we can control a few critical things that matter so much when it comes to both our current position as well as our future growth and success. So here's another way to think about this. I'm a big golfer, and when I say that, I mean that I enjoy playing golf. I don't mean that I am a good golfer by any stretch of the imagination. Typically for me, a good day on the course is a day where I shoot below 100 and don't lose an entire 12-pack of balls. But anyways, if you know golf, you know that one of the core rules of golf is that you must always play the ball as it lies. Unfortunately, because each course is different, this means that you can hit a fantastic shot, you can square the ball up well, and still find yourself in a difficult position because of where a tree happens to stand or where a sand trap is placed. It doesn't matter what the lie is, you have to play the ball as it lies. And sometimes life can work the same way. You might do everything right from your perspective, you might make calculated decisions, and yet you still end up in an unfavorable situation by no fault of your own. The good news is, just like in golf, you are always in control of what happens next. It doesn't mean that responding in the best possible way will always be easy, but it does mean that it's possible and you get to choose what sort of outcome you want to pursue. There are a few key ideas that I want to share in this week's episode. Let's start by talking about the difference between responding and reacting. I think the best way to understand what makes these two ideas different is to think about what happens to our bodies when we take medicine. If you think about reacting to a medicine, normally that's not a good thing. That might mean that you're having side effects. That might mean that something unexpected is taking place, but typically we don't want to react to medicine. we want to respond to medication. And if you're responding to a medication, that means that the medicine is doing what it's supposed to do. It is alleviating your symptoms. It is helping you overcome whatever virus or whatever condition you might have. So when I think about the difference between reacting and responding, reacting I think about as being something that is instantaneous, something that we can't control or maybe we can control it but we're choosing not to control it it may happen instantly or in a moment's notice however when we are responding we are 
thinking more proactively, we are taking steps that are more calculated, we are doing something that has more to do with our long-term goals or values or our standards for ourselves and not just doing whatever feels right in the moment. So we want to pursue a response and not a reaction. And that response to me is so important, especially when we face situations of difficulty or adversity. There's this book that I love. It's called The Obstacle is the Way by Ryan Holiday. In this book, Ryan Holiday makes the argument that successful people often make their way to the top not in spite of the challenge challenges that they face, but actually because of them. This book is based on the stoic philosophy of focusing on the things you can control, which as you can imagine from this podcast series is something that I very much appreciate. And that perspective on what you can control leads to this perspective of each obstacle as an opportunity to get better, stronger, and tougher. Ryan Holiday shares this 2,000-year-old quote from Marcus Aurelius in the book. Aurelius says, The impediment to action advances action. What stands in the way becomes the way. And I love this perspective because it forces us to think about our challenges not as obstacles on the path toward our success or toward our ideal future, but as a necessary rite of passage, if you will, that we must go through not only to reach our destination, but to become the type of people who we are called to become. And throughout the book, Holiday tells stories about some of the most successful people in history, people like John Rockefeller, Ulysses S. Grant, Steve Jobs, Amelia Earhart, and how their approach to difficult situations mattered so much more than any natural talent that they had or any sheer luck that they might have stumbled into. So we must choose to respond and not react. We must look as obstacles, not as hoops that we have to jump through or setbacks on the path to living the ideal sort of life, but as something necessary that we must go through and something that actually aids in our overall growth and development. Now, you're probably wondering, what does this look like practically? That sounds like a great idea in theory, but what difference does this actually make for me? So I'm going to share an example that is very personal from my own life and perhaps something that you've experienced as well. Let's say that like me, you've experienced unexpected job loss in your past. I've gone through this multiple times. And when this happens, you didn't choose for that outcome to happen. You didn't choose to get fired or laid off, but you found yourself in that position regardless. So what do you do? How do you choose to respond? Do you choose to victimize yourself, harbor resentment and bitterness towards the people who made that decision and feel completely incapable of doing anything to move your situation forward? Or do you choose to look at the future with optimism despite the challenges that you're facing in the moment and commit to remaining consistent with whatever good habits you've built in the past? And maybe you don't feel like you have good habits in place, but you choose to view the opportunity of forced transition as a chance to reinvent yourself and take charge of your life. Again, life is 10% what happens to you and 90% how you respond. I'm proud to say that when I think about the times in my life when I've been forced to leave a job without any prior warning, I recall stories that, in my opinion, have much more to do with how I responded to adversity than about what was chosen for me without my consent. Now, that's not to say that I always choose the proper response because I could certainly grow in this area, but it does show how you can impact your situation in a major way, even if you lack full control over your circumstances, by choosing the right type of response. So instead of reacting based on fear or momentary emotions, we choose to respond in a way that reflects our values, beliefs, and goals. 
And as I say this, I think back to an earlier episode in this podcast series. It was episode one where we were talking about how we can control our routines. When we take this similar approach to controlling our responses and thinking more logically, calculating things more, we remove some of the emotion from the decisions that we make that could otherwise derail our progress and put us in situations that we don't want to find ourselves into. And I have nothing against emotions. I think that emotions are very helpful, but I also don't believe that they are infallible. I think emotions present data, and then we get to choose how we respond to that data. I love what Mark Manson says about emotions. He says that there is no such thing as a bad emotion, there is only a bad response to an emotion, which again gives credence to this very idea that we're talking about in this episode, this idea that we get to choose how we respond even when we feel like something negative has taken place. The response doesn't have to be negative unless that's the choice that we make. So with that in mind, let me give you one more idea to think about as you consider how you can enhance the quality of your life by controlling your responses. I learned recently that the average person makes around 35,000 decisions every single day. Now, just trying to comprehend that number 35,000, that blows my mind. You may already know this, but there are 84,000 seconds in one day. And that means that we make one decision about every three seconds. So in the last 15 or 20 seconds since I've been talking about decisions, on average, you will have made between five and six decisions in that time. And what's important to call out here is that a lot of these decisions are not individual decisions that we're making in each passing moment. A lot of these decisions are made because of habits that we have. And so habits are decisions that we make based on repeated cues and predictable outcomes. And what's interesting to me as I think about that is that a lot of those decisions that we are making over the course of our day are not decisions that we're giving any momentary thought to, but we're simply acting because of what we have done in the days and months and years years of our lives prior. And so there's one lesson to take away immediately there, which is when we're more deliberate and intentional about those decisions that we make on a regular basis, we are able to have more control and agency over the trajectory that we're on in our lives. But what I really want to talk about here is this idea that you can enhance the quality of your decisions by making more decisions ahead of time. This is something that I often hear referred to as making a pre-decision. And what's valuable about making a pre-decision, to go back to an idea from earlier in the show, is that you remove the emotions from the moment. You're able to overcome the sometimes inconsistency of willpower. Willpower is something that waxes and wanes throughout the day. It's something that sometimes will show up. Other times it is nowhere to be found. And because we know that the quality of our decisions impact the quality of our lives, we know that we can enhance the quality of our lives and keep ourselves on the path toward success, toward self-actualization that we desire by making more of these pre-decisions. So let's get practical here. What can a pre-decision look like? I'll tell you that one pre-decision that I often fall back on, if I know that I'm going to go to a restaurant, I wanna choose ahead of time what I am going to order. 
And here's why this is important. If I wait until the moment when I am in the restaurant and I'm hungry to make that decision, I am much more likely to order something that is unhealthy, order something that is more expensive than what I would like to be getting. I will make better decisions in the moment because I'm not controlled by emotion, I'm not controlled by urgency. So oftentimes I will not just pick what I am going to eat, but I will get in my my fitness pal app that I use to log my calories and I will go ahead and log that food in and that is a form of commitment device for me. It is more work for me to go and change what I have logged in my my fitness pal than it is for me to order the food that may not sound as good in the moment, but I know is better for me. So that's one example. Another pre-decision that I'll often make is logging time in my calendar. And I'm not even just talking about meetings that I have or errands that I have to run, but I will take the work that I know that I need to do and I will put it in my calendar. And this does a couple of things for me. One of the biggest things that it does for me is it helps me see how much time I have at my disposal each week. So if I just had meetings in my calendar and not the focused work that I needed to do, I might look at my calendar and gain one picture about what my schedule looks like in the upcoming week. But when I put the work in the calendar that I need to do in addition to the events, I can get a more accurate picture of how much free time I have coming up. And so when someone asks to meet me for coffee or if someone asks if I can help with a project, I'm able to look at my calendar and have a clearer picture of how much flexible time I have, and I can give that person a more accurate answer about my availability. So these are just two examples from my own life. Making pre-decisions can look a lot of different ways for each individual person. I know one other idea that I have toyed with, I haven't acted on it yet, is having a 24-hour moratorium for both purchases and decisions that I am making, because I've learned about myself that my default oftentimes is to say yes, even if I have not fully thought about all of the ramifications for my decisions. In general, I am very quick to the trigger. I, just being real with you here, don't always think about what I am doing or what I am committing to do in the moment. And so placing this little bit of time for me to think about the decision that I'm going to make before I make it can be so valuable for me because it forces me to put on the brakes and be a little more reflective even when that's not my default setting. So to recap this episode, you don't always get to control what happens to you in life, but you can always control how you respond. Oftentimes your response is more important than the event that preceded the response. It says a lot more about who you are, what you value, how you're growing, how you're pursuing a better version of the future than what currently exists. And you can enhance the quality of your responses in many scenarios by making pre-decisions about how you will respond to certain opportunities, certain stimuli, certain events. And this is where you will begin to transform individual momentary decisions into regular habits that serve you well, both now and in the future. Hey, thanks for listening to this show. We release a new episode every Thursday, along with a couple bonus episodes every month. Haven't had any bonus episodes recently. Hopefully we'll have some for you in the future. If you haven't already subscribed to the show and left us a rating and a review, definitely encourage you to do that. Anything you do will help grow this community and take this message to more people who might find it helpful or valuable. Thanks for listening to this episode. As a reminder, you already have all the motivation you need to accomplish your goals 
and it's up to you to decide what you'll do with it. Thank you to BetterHelp for sponsoring this episode. Recently, I was feeling overwhelmed with all of the responsibilities I was juggling in my work and personal life. I signed up for BetterHelp and scheduled my first online therapy session. To be honest, I was a little nervous about meeting with a therapist online, but I was matched with a great therapist who offered me a fantastic experience. She helped me tremendously in our first session, and I noticed an instant difference in my mental health. BetterHelp is the world's largest therapy service, and it's 100% online. With BetterHelp, you can tap into a network of over 30,000 licensed and experienced therapists who can help you with a wide range of issues. To get started, you just answer a few questions about your needs and preferences in therapy. That way, BetterHelp can match you with the right therapist from their network. Then you can talk to your therapist however you feel comfortable, whether it's via text, chat, phone, or video call. You can also message your therapist at any time and schedule live sessions whenever it's convenient for you. If you're matched with a therapist who isn't the right fit for any reason, you can switch to a new therapist at no additional charge. With BetterHelp, you get the same professionalism and quality you expect from in-office therapy, but with a therapist who is custom-picked for you, you also get more scheduling flexibility and a more affordable price, especially when you get 10% off your first month by signing up at betterhelp.com MFRP. That's betterhelp.com MFRP. Check it out and sign up today.